0: All right, what's up everyone? Welcome back to another episode of World Madness with your host once again, Paul Burns. Joining me for today is the Ben, the almsman, not to be confused with almonds. <laughs> Anyways, without further ado, welcome guys. Hey, how's it you? going? How are you guys today, day after Halloween? We survived. Woo! Yeah, I know. We We're... had like uh, seven trick-or-treaters
1: at my house last night. Oh, explain how that went. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was just, uh, so I live in Acton, you know, where... You uh, do, where actually. Do. You
0: live across from my old guitarist slash close friend, uh, Gary Atkinson. Yeah, Garrett is uh, like
1: right around the corner. We talked about it at the last show that I went to. Right. And was talking to him. So... The houses over there you know are like very far apart so yeah they are everybody is like driving to house to house to house in the cars and everything and dropping off their kids i thought there wasn't going to be that many kids because of everything going on obviously but you know we had a good a good amount of people coming in for like two
0: hours good good two hours yeah
1: what was the peak hour, would you say? The peak hour was definitely,
0: uh, like,
1: after 7.30, which really? is usually when the peak is for us. Oh,
0: gotcha. Did you guys hear that music in the background? Yeah. It's not, it's not coming from here. <laughs> uh, did you give any Snickers bar or anything? Any goodies? Apples? We had, Some healthy uh, treats? No healthy treats. The hell? <laughs> 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 we
1: had, like, uh, Jolly Ranchers, Tootsie Rolls, the usual suspects. Nothing very special because... Um, you should, it was, I'm li- I'm living with uh with somebody else right now and they got the they got all the candy and everything but then they went away to Vegas for the weekend oh really so we pretty much had to like hold down the fort at the house for the for the holiday and uh it's it's kind of nerve-wracking because there was one year that we got uh that that house got egged and teepeed. oh wow oh <laughs> wow <laughs> Kids yeah. are still doing that. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, dude. Hey, Some things never change. Something it, that's kind of the tradition you have yeah. to do when you're a teenager. I'm glad that's still going around.
0: Teepee and egg people's cars. <laughs> I'm egg them. I actually did. My, I did my time. I've you done runs. am sorry if I if I hit any of your parents' cars but I was an ass. Also, it was you. Yeah, so it was me. So fuck my life what would you
2: do for Halloween uh, I was at a, a actually our singers wedding because he had a hollow wedding uh, yesterday so it was a lot of working a lot of little like all moments because you know they got married and uh, and then yeah after that uh, wedding was done early went back to my girls house and watched some uh, horror uh, movies with her and a kid and then uh, they all fell asleep and I was just watching have you watched that new series uh, umbrella Academy I've heard about it, yeah. but explain
0: a little bit. Yeah. What's the show about? It's
2: it's like almost like a superheroes thing, but not like there. There's like a handful of like superheroes only in the world, and there's like a lot of time traveling things going on. Yeah, so so and there's like a, almost like conspir like conspiracy kind of like uh, 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 groups that. Fuck around. Can I curse in this? You can curse okay, all you want. Right, fuck. Uh, right. Uh, that fuck around with like time, time travel, and like keep certain time things or uh, certain historical, uh, like time things, time sensitive things, like how they're supposed to happen. Like a JFK assassination. If something happens in the timeline, they send like their agents to. To keep that, yeah. you know, from actually happening or to, to allow it to happen. So, so, yeah, I was up until, like, 1 in the morning. 1 in the morning? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just watching that. But. Did you guys
0: totally forget it was daylight saving uh, I love how getting that extra hour because
2: So, was that t- last night? It was last night. Oh, yeah, really? So, today was the first day. So, we got an extra hour? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It doesn't, make a, it
1: doesn't make a difference to me because I'm a parent and I just wake <laughs> up when the baby wakes up. Damn! And, uh,
0: <laughs> how old is your kid now? uh she's about to be two. She's about to be two yeah, wow. Well what's the official birthday uh the fourth of uh January. Oh really? The new year's coming up. Right,
1: so it's coming up, huh? Can, what are you gonna get her? Um, I'm gonna rewrap one of her toys. <laughs> <laughs> <That's so funny.
0: laughs> hey, you won't know the difference. Hey, <laughs> I got you. you know. I got you the same gift as last year. <laughs> you, know,
1: you know, funny thing about uh, about that uh, umbrella academy a friend was tell- uh, telling me it was actually. Um, directed or penned by the singer for My Chemical Romance?
2: I heard that.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: I heard that too. It was really interesting. you're always involved in that show? Yes, he is. Yeah, I guess so. Was he
0: like one of the producers, or he did the like the drawing?
2: The, I think it's originally a comic, yes, right? Yes, it's and, originally a comic, yeah, right? And I guess he's really into comics. Yes, is he, what I was he did that
0: right after he was done with the band. Uh, yeah, that's so what he I pursu- heard.
2: He pursued his careers in comics. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he's doing okay for COVID. He's yeah. still making money. Oh yeah, man. I mean, I mean, they're uh, talking about that. I know you know when musicians get older, once they hit that that like like point where. They can extend their hands into different, you know, different uh, uh, whatever outlets of uh, creative um, uh, projects like. You know, they, they they tend to be all right when certain things slow oh, yeah. down in the music industry and stuff like that. So
0: he either go up or go down.
2: Yeah, right? yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm not really a big chem- My Chemical work, well, well, Romance fan, but I thought that was interesting. I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, yeah. musician doing some. Yeah, I can like,
0: see you're wearing the Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, representing Black Sabbath. You yes. ever
2: seen Black Sabbath live? I did actually. Back
0: uh, when they did the reunion tour.
2: Yeah, I watched them. Oh man was it it was like maybe 20 13, 13, 13
0: or 14? 14. for me it was 13 at the sports arena it doesn't exist anymore but it was by the u usc university i area. think maybe
2: that's where i watched them too yeah bro. yeah
0: yeah that was, that was a crazy it, night i
2: was just like i can't believe how aussie could still sing like that
0: i can't believe how fucking tony wyoming and geezer butler are still, still- like Cranking it up. Yeah, man. And their drummer, because that's Ozzy's uh, personal drummer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so when he was on drums, I was like, oh, dude, I've seen that guy. That guy's their drummer right now? Yeah. Because I think Bill Ward just uh, forgets the, the note or the songs he can't oh. play anymore. Oh, I, sure. I, I
2: heard that it was because he asked for too much money. That, too. I, I did hear that, too. And then, and then why? We, yeah,
0: he he decided money over just the band, over the yeah. over the
1: band and the fans. Yeah, because he's like, I still have like a mortgage to pay and everything.
0: What the fuck, <laughs> man! But I don't think those guys
2: would have ripped him off that bad, where he didn't feel like touring around the world with his buddies for you know, the last few years that they were gonna be doing black Sabbath, so that's kinda weird. I mean, I'm not gonna judge the dude, but that's interesting.
1: You probably, i if I was in his shoes, I think, I'm just speculating, might have just looked at it as a chance to like cash in on it like one last time. One last time, looking at it as like, well if my retirement plan is to make money off of uh, Spotify streams forever, I might as well try and rake as much money from this last tour as possible. Yeah. Because Lord knows you can't live off of $2,000
2: a year from Spotify streams. No. <laughs> yeah. Spotify's a rip. Yeah, Chip. I mean, yeah, that's only there to help you get out there, I guess. That's really all it is. Exposure. Yeah.
0: It's for, I guess, for new upcoming artists. But it, as, it's, as, it's, as a making a living, nah. nah. <laughs> it's, essentially,
1: it's essentially like the, like the whiskey of the streaming world.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Mm. The whiskey. Mm. All these venues, you know we were just talking about before this podcast that they might, they're on the urge of closing down.
2: Yeah.
0: How do you guys feel about that? Do you think there might be a new, like, way of doing shows? It, it's actually good for local artists to start their own house shows or maybe, you know, you could look at it that way yeah. instead of relying on this fucking pay-to-play bullshit. Yeah. Maybe, oh, teach them a lesson and, like, hey, maybe we should have not treated our local artists like shit and ripped them off.
2: Yeah. You know, I, I look right. at
0: it as, like, a, a way of karma. A mm. little bit, huh? Yeah. I mean,
2: just in general, Hollywood in the last ten years has kind of driven away that music scene there on Sunset Boulevard. The Knitting Factory closed down years ago. Yeah, uh, the, key uh, the Key Club, Key uh, Club, House of Blues too. Yeah. I think they're building condos or some shit there now. Yeah, so gentrifying. Yeah. yeah, most recently,
1: uh, Chain Reaction, which a lot of uh, artists that have you know made made it big since then have uh, put, uh, put forward their statements like, you guys can't close, this was like our very first uh, gig spot, this is the place that everybody knows us from. There was a bunch of artists on there that I was like, okay, I've kind of heard of these guys before, but uh, being, uh, being like into, into metalcore or whatever, I, when I was uh, in high school and everything, Avenged Sevenfold was actually the one that I recognized I came forward and it was mm-hmm. like, no, fucking save the chain reaction. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Chain Reaction is a pretty cool little venue.
1: I have never been before. Yeah, me neither. I've never really? even heard of that. I spot. feel like
0: it's very uh, uh, like you said, it's a metalcore, pop punk. St- oh yeah. Well, or that would see. make sense then. Yeah, like because Orange County has it's way different from LA. Oh. It diff- okay. Different scenes and everything, so oh, okay. you you almost feel like you're in, like in the mid two thousand, early 2000s. Yeah. Like it never went away. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's cool, dude. I like I, for me personally because my bands tend to lean towards, like, that category. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I personally like that. Oh, okay. Um, and we were going to start hitting more of those venues in Orange County because mm-hmm. it's more supported. And then this shit happens. It's like, fuck, dude. Not, and I'm stuck in L.A. County still. Like, yeah. this sucks. Like, yeah. I... Um, I've taken a few trips, actually, to Orange County and San Diego, and they're starting to be more lenient with stuff. Like, you could actually go in the restaurant, like, with the mask, but then once you're eating, you can take it off. Here in L.A. County, you can't do that. It's, yeah. like, it's all strictly outside. Yeah. So I think L.A. County is, I don't know, it's, it's different from other Yeah. It is. parts of California. Yeah. What, what can we do, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, but just to answer your question, uh, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned the backyard thing, because I was actually going to say that. I'm like... I wonder if more backyard shows are going to start popping up. I mean, I know the L.A. thrash metal scene and the L.A. punk scene, specifically, like, in the Hispanic communities, they do that shit a lot, right? They got nothing to lose. They They got nothing to lose, you know? And some of those neighborhoods are kind of like low-income neighborhoods, so the neighbors don't fucking complain that much about it. But uh, I'm curious about it, you know, to see if that is going to become, like, a normal thing again. Because from the time I was 16 till now like you rarely hear people doing that stuff in the last few years like i mean at least with this project we've rare well, i don't think we've ever been invited to a backyard show you guys a, never like like a straight up house backyard show we we've done like some backyard shows at a skateboard shop and stuff like that Ooh, But nice. but yeah but nothing like a come to our house and play in the backyard so.
0: Well, let's let's get into it. Let's talk about band. What's what's the story here? <clears throat> Alright, introduce actually first of all, most importantly, who you are. So I don't think no one really. I don't what think are you guys have. Does, since does, since does you anybody even, does anybody know who we
1: are? <laughs> <laughs> I am. I am. I am Zach. I am drummer. I am fresh and fresh me <laughs> i am fresh meat. Yeah, I, I am the most recent iteration of almsman drummer
2: i think you hit the year mark though already yep yeah so
0: doesn't always feel good to hit that one year mark it makes you feel accomplished like i did it yeah <laughs> it's like being in a relationship but <laughs> kind of a little bit better because yeah. you're like yeah it's with my boys like <laughs> that means i'm actually doing something good yeah there
1: is, there is kind of like a sense of humility though because um you know, you know, um, Neil Peart passed away this year, right? That was so sad. Yeah, so,
0: so like As drummers, especially, right?
1: Right. So, like, so like they, their whole mm-hmm. thing, like all the most recent documents and uh, documentaries and everything, they always refer to him as the new guy because he'll always be the new guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: That is true. Always be the new guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I, I mean. He, uh, it's a running joke though. But man, how long was he with him for? Like thirty something years. He, well, did he write the, all the
0: music? Uh, Majority. Think, uh, he, he wrote the, the lyrics. lyrics. The lyrics. Yeah. All, the, all the lyrics
2: yeah. for all the music. Played,
1: he was Dave Grohl's biggest almost, influence. Uh, almost really. fifty years. Almost fifty years. Wow. If not fifty years. Uh,
0: he had a good run. Yes, he Tra- did. Tragic past, but he had a good run. Uh, I, you've uh, seen, you guys seen his, uh, not his, but their movie, the Rush movie, Netflix.
2: I've seen a few of those. It's a it's lighted like, stage beyond the yeah, lighted stage. Yes. Yeah, it's like a,
0: it's a really like, I don't know, inspirational kind of mm-hmm. film, but his side of the story is really sad. It really, is. losing his wife, kid. just cro- going yeah, his kid going across the country just motorcycle. His bandmates
2: not knowing what the hell is going on. Yeah, he would like send a piece of post mail every like, yeah every month it, or two.
0: It's a, it actually feels like a real life like movie, unlike some kind of monster from Mataka. Yeah. I feel like that was so botched out. Yeah. Have you guys seen that? <laughs> that film was like so played out. Like it's like, dude, this is so drama right here. Like there's no fucking way james Hepfield and, and Lars Zora can't get their shit together. Yeah. Like what's up with that stuff? But it's a good film. Okay. I I I actually been listening to a lot of in like the recent past month. Something about uh the holiday season makes me want to go back to metal. And so, Interesting. yeah, specifically, I'm just like, I like uh, the whole Master Puppets album. is yeah, just, Yeah, that
2: like, album was fucking almost picture perfect. So fucking thrash right there. That's yeah. the origin roots right there. Yeah. I like
0: the black album the most, though. Really? I feel like that's when it got really um, heavy and just a lot of breakdowns and whatnot, yeah. personally. I mean,
2: I, it's a, one of the greatest metal albums. Oh, cool, I think right.
0: I think so. I think it was also the most hated one yeah, by, by true it. metal fans. Yeah, by true hardcore ones. Yeah. Pol-
1: polarizing is the word that the industry loves to use. Yeah. Po- it, especially in regards to that album.
0: Yeah, right? Yeah, I feel like everybody was introduced to either Enter Sandman or One when, when you first hear Metallica. Probably, um. But if you're like a hardcore, like entering the roots, I feel like Master Puppets was like... Cause Personally, for me, that's the first song I heard. Oh, really? Live is pretty badass. i got to say that it's the most phenomenal, like, metal live experience you should have. It was one of the best shows that I had ever seen when I saw them at the Rose Bowl. Bowl. You saw them, too? I saw them. At Uh,
1: 2017? Yep. Dude, were you at the front row or the back? I was at the very back. (laughs) No!
0: See, I was at the front, five feet away. I wish I could show you James Hetfield's pig. I will never forget that. Just chugging everyone like
2: fucking chug like throwing like
0: <laughs> arms and just caught that and I'm like ah, I will always treasure this just framed a little bit it was just badass because like when that uh, drum set arise uh, Lars Ork's drum set it's like yeah this kind of reminds me of uh, the good old days right guys when we uh, back when we were playing Garage actually none of this existed yeah. and then they played Seek and Destroy I was like uh, everyone's jaws just dropped like
2: yeah. damn like that's dope yeah. that
1: show that show was pretty sick especially with the guys at the beginning too gojira played gojira that and was the them. first time i heard them live i same. was like these guys are fucking very sick.
0: groovy they're from friends
1: yeah yeah they're fucking insane um ben sevenfold played, which i've seen ben sevenfold before and i really i really love their live show same here
0: yeah. i feel like that sh- overall was a good it was an excellent
1: show it was it's the only show so far that's topped like my best uh my list of best production shows that i've seen which the top the top one at the time uh uh, was U uh, two when I went and saw you U two? Hmm. I saw U two at uh, Angel Stadium. Really? Yeah, for their three hundred and sixty tour, where they had like a, a, a like some two hundred foot spire that went oh, in the center of the and towered over the whole stadium.
0: Wait, who opened up for them? Was that Lumineers? Uh, Lenny Kravitz. Lenny Kravitz. What was that.
1: that? It was. Uh, it was really cool. I had never. It was interesting because before then I had only known rush right Right. and I'd seen Joe Satriani live also so I only really had like that kind of interaction with live music Lenny Kravitz was his band was playing like a you know like a funky jam band and everything so they were playing they were playing American woman and fly uh, fly away but like 13 minute iterations of them so that was like my first exposure to that kind, that style of playing live. Were they like super, super tight band? Dude, because I heard
2: fuck. that dude's like a monster musician. Really? Like, dude, yeah, they I heard were... he's like, like a crazy, like recording, like focused dude too. Like he prefers always to be in the studio, and he's like super, like recording guru kind of guy dude it was one of my it, mind it was one of yeah. the things
1: where i was like <clears throat> i don't even understand what's going on it's like all feel it's all fucking feel no
0: i like the edge <laughs> the guitars <laughs> from U2 is, is pretty cool uh that album atomic bomb introduced me to youtube mm. um, i mean our parents probably got introduced to the the other albums in the 80s. Yeah. But they were good stuff, but I personally always remember like that. What's that song Vertigo with Pono <laughs> starts up with Uno dos tres catorce. Yeah. I was like, all right, dude. I was <laughs> like that music video they are like in the like the sand, somewhere in the desert. I'm like, it was uh 2005 or 2000. I liked how they collaborated with Green Day too. Yeah. yeah that one song, and then they performed at the Super Bowl. Woo, this okay. is going way back, but yeah. yeah that's I'm, not, wh-
2: I'm not a big YouTube fan, so I don't know what you <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I,
1: I'm just, you know, speaking guilty pleasure, right here, I gotta say. Speak, speaking, speaking of introductions,
2: Oh, yeah. I know. Well, I was, yeah. I mean, we are going with the flow, right? Yeah, actually,
0: and I was like, ah, I feel like I'm forgetting something. All right, let's introduce <laughs> you. Uh, uh,
2: with the band in general.
1: Uh, no, the band in general. You, your name. Uh, yeah, yeah your yeah, name yeah. for so role. My name is Sean.
2: I'm the bass player for the well, Almsman. Welcome, Sean. Thank you, thank you. But uh, yeah, I'm the bass player. <laughs> so you got the rhythm section in the house today. That's right. And uh, yeah, I basically... Uh, uh, um, was asked by the singer Connor to, we met through a community college at the uh, Valencia campus, College of the Canyons. Nice, So Good that's how CNC. we. I started with this band. And it was funny, like uh, I would see him in one of my like sight singing classes or something like that. And uh, he would always like stumble in there, look like he had a like long night doing God knows what. <laughs> and uh, long story short, uh, him and I spoke a little bit. He told me about his band yeah he, he was like oh yeah i got this uh, like one uh, uh basis that's gonna audition i guess she never like pulled through and like actually did the or did the jam with them so like months later i brought it up again i'm like oh hey how's it going with your band and like did you how did it work out with your bass player and he told me he's like oh i never even met her you know the drummer was the one that uh, at the time that drummer who had uh, suggested uh, her to join the band and then and then one thing led to another. Uh, he invited me to his house. I started jamming with him, um, and um, and his drummer. They really vibed off me, and then they called another guitar player, our, our second guitar player, Kevin, and uh, he joined. And then yeah, I've been with the Alms Almsman for like almost five years now five so, years in the making yeah so and then um, once uh connor and i vibed pretty well in terms of like the business side and the organize or like organizing side of the of the band um and because we're just we, we like to have a lot of structure and stuff like that. So, so that, that's why I stick around with the band for, for such a long time because it was fun. He knew his, his shit in terms of business and stuff like that. And, right. Nice. And yeah. and So I, I guess I'm like the second honcho. <laughs> according to the some, honcho. Of the, yeah, some of these guys. But, <laughs> yeah. I just still feel like the bass player.
0: <laughs> do, 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 do,
2: do, you know? What kind of direction
0: were you guys going towards when uh, when you guys had the idea of?
2: that's yeah. the funny thing man because uh so he always gave me like the impression he was really into like like hardcore punk or more like old school punk i thought he was really into like dead kennedy's kind of vibe and i oh. know he would talk to me about rancid so i kept on thinking like fast punk music and right skull, but, um... and maybe not he didn't really talk too much about ska, right but uh even though rancid has skull influences right um, but I, I always got, because I, I wasn't really that uh, aware of uh, Rance's discography at the time. I was more aware of their early stuff. So I was like, okay, fast, you know, high BPM, you know, pace music. So I start jamming with him, and, and he gives me more like a social distortion vibe. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, this is interesting because this is going to challenge my playing more than, than what I thought, just playing super fast. And um, and yeah, and so... so we started doing that. Uh, uh, and again, I was super surprised that it was a kind of different punk vibe or whatever, if you want to call it punk vibe. And, um, and yeah. And then once Kevin joined the band, um, we would discuss the, the, the vibe of what the music was going to be, but he's not super into punk. He likes some particular punk bands. So that changed the dynamic of the sound too. So we got, he's really into classic rock and indie rock, okay and uh i i, I kind of vibe with anything i like i i listen to, to anything from like jazz to rock to you know even some electronic music cool. Uh, hip-hop music whatever it is um so i I'm, I'm always been in that mindset like whatever is best for the band i need to do my job and serve the music not myself not right. my idea of what i want to do so i was kind of going always with the flow and when, when we started kind of Uh, getting that almost punk vibe but with like this kind of rockish normal like rockish classic vibe I kind of just wrote on that idea so I always had in in mind in the beginning it was like a weird punk rock like classic rock hybrid kind of a thing because you know social distortion has kind of like some twangy feel to it sometimes you know
0: i feel like they have a country influence yeah right almost like johnny cash well they did that ring of fire cover yeah yeah they do a lot of that kind of stuff yeah Yeah, it's like not necessarily punk Mm -hmm. but it is still punk yeah um you guys sound a little bit like Bad Religion to me as well.
2: I, I I sometimes get that feeling too. I don't know if you if you sometimes hear that like almost Bad Religion vibe off of us. I have
1: said for a long for the longest time that I think the bands that most closely associate with us are actually Social Distortion and Bad Religion. Yeah. Because I am not that familiar with bat, uh, Social Distortion. I only know like two or three songs from them. I actually just recently listened to one of their albums just to kind of like. Get myself more associated with it and everything but i love bad religion and uh you know those are those are the kind of things that uh, that i hear as far as like the the older stuff now older I mean, stuff for
2: older sure. older to me mm-hmm. it's but, the
0: kind of punk where it doesn't make you want to leave the room
2: yeah it, it makes it, you almost want to dance it, yeah
0: that's the vibe i got when that show we played earlier this year mm-hmm. is like the first time ever hearing you guys i heard about the band but i didn't know what what to expect for the music so when i heard you guys it was like okay it's very punk but it's happy punk it's like Mm -hmm. it's punk rock that i can actually like really get into and like have it stored in my head Mm -hmm. not kind of like throw it out of the trash it's like okay this these guys are just a bunch of angry fucking animals that just don't really give a shit about anything but themselves Mm -hmm. you know there's i feel like there's a draw line when it comes to it's 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 not the kind of punk
1: that's like fuck you asshole it's the kind of punk that's like what's up fucker yeah, what's up, fucker? Yeah.
0: You mess with my friend, I'll beat the shit out of you. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah.
2: It's I don't know. I know Connor's lyrics are very heavy, like handed in, in like social, like actual social issues in, in in America and stuff like that. He considers himself more of like an Americana writer, right? So he has like like those kind of heartfelt lyrics, you know, almost like Johnny Cash esque kind of lyrics and stuff like that. So. So yeah, ever and, and and I mean I I've written a few songs for the band, um, and 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 I've had a very heavy hand in, in like arranging certain songs and structuring them. So uh, overall, like I always try to stick to the formula that we have now. So that, you know just to answer your question that like that's the kind of vibe we've always gone through. It's like this weird like punkish. We started t- saying that we're gonna start calling ourselves like a garage rock band because it has such a like wide spectrum of, of of sound you know but we never really wanted to label ourselves either no don't na- just na- naturally people keep on saying punk
0: if they want to say it then let it so be it you let know? them be in. yeah like, you yeah. guys just keep doing what you guys got to do
2: yeah i mean i don't know if uh, if you've heard the newer tunes uh that we've released if you maybe still get that vibe or I it's heard it. different it's good you know
0: yeah it was it's fucking brilliant brilliant <laughs> <laughs> how song process like when it comes to like writing new material, do you guys all have the same? Uh, I assume. What about you, newcomer? You, do you, uh, you like, know. About about you? <laughs> you <wrote> the, the <laughs> hey, you need to talk more. Uh, yeah, you wrote the new song,
2: so. Oh, let's hear it, dude.
1: Well, like that's kind of that's kind of the uh, the deal that I've been getting from like being uh, being with the band right now is like, you know, members of the band have like what they consider what they consider their song, so like now that i've listened to it a good a good amount you can pretty much figure out okay this is a sean song this is a connor song etc etc and uh i was interested in that especially because my style of writing i would consider you know different from uh, from their from their style because um i think i think much more in terms of uh, patterns not strictly like verse chorus verse chorus that kind of deal so I'm not that much of a guitar player by any stretch of the term. So we were at practice one day and I was like, you guys got anything that that you think is cool or you want to work on? And Kevin was just like, I have a, I have a little ditty here. And he just does the da-da-da-da-da. So I was like, okay, let's work with that. And as soon as I hear a riff, I like think of every single thing that you can do with that riff, turn it up, tear it up, turn it upside down. I'm like, what key is it? Don't know. Okay. We'll get there. What, uh, do you guys know how to modulate uh, sometimes? Okay. We'll figure it out when we get there. And my thing is, and this is probably, you know, inspired a lot by my days in Townsville. Um,
0: Woo woo! Shout out to Townsville! <laughs> <laughs> I just had to do that! <laughs> Rest in peace! Oh, <laughs> I love these guys. I, I, I loved you guys' music, by the way. A lot of
1: yeah, people do. A lot of people still clam- uh, clamor for us to uh, get back together, and the only thing we can say is we'll see.
0: Yeah, I miss Mark and fucking Michael Cortez. <laughs>
1: in, a, in, a, in any case, um, I like riding bridges, and I love guitar solos. Uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin, Kevin's a good guitar player but he's not always like wanting to do guitar solos and everything at least not recently it it, mm-hmm. it feels like very demanding to that uh, to that respect but me being a classic rock fan myself i'm like i want a fucking guitar solo mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah if
0: you play the guitar good i want good guitar solo exactly <laughs> it fills in with the song it makes it more juicier like throw me that so yeah. i pu- i push
1: for that kind of thing in uh, in the music that i write i used to write music by myself and i would have to have a guitar solo or a keyboard solo i've never i've never tried writing a bass solo because it's
2: but not even a lot of bass players don't know how to really write bass solos because no one wants to hear a solo. It's, a, it's, it's different. It's, a, it's just bass di- solos can be interesting though. They can't no, definitely. Be, but, but they can't, I don't know. As a bass player, like, I like
0: I like uh, uh, basses that start the song. personally. Oh, Longview
2: yeah. from Green Day. Yeah, that, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a classic. King.
0: yeah, that that's just right there. And they do a lot of that action yeah, stuff. They do. They'll uh, have the they'll go through the song and then during the song, it's just. Alright, just Mike Duran just playing yeah, the bass He's and a like, very melodic
2: player, too. Yeah. He's great. Fucked! <laughs> yeah. You guys
0: seen that band? I know I'm going off topic, but. Yeah, no, he's great, yeah, dude. The, like, I, and he's I'm, a, I'm not a
2: big Green Day fan, too, but I respect all those musicians, and, and Mike Durant's a fucking phenomenal player.
0: But. Yeah, a lot of people who are, who are in, especially into that punk kind of sound, and people a lot of tell me it's like Mike Dern and yeah. They're like, have, open the doors. Hey, that's how Fallout Boy got started because of Green Day. Oh, my shit. So, continue. Well, like, probably,
1: probably one of the things that I focus on the most, more than the rest of the band, at least I think so, just going off of their style, is I like pre-choruses. Pre-chorus, yeah. So, like, so, like the best way to explain my infatuation with the uh, pre-choruses is probably the song DOA from, uh, uh, by Foo Fighters. Right. And it's like, there's two, there's two kinds of pre-choruses, but both of them... You, like, if you know the song, you instantly recognize it. That's usually my go-to, uh, the Foo Fighters one, because it's, like, the climbing sort of bit before it gets to the chords and everything swells and explodes and everything. Like, if you know the song, you know the song. Yeah. Now, going to uh, an example that everybody knows, you know, I read, I read in a book, like, you think pre-chorus, you could think of the pre-chorus to Billie Jean
0: yeah of course
1: everyone knows that pre-chorus so much so that pre that sometimes pre choruses like that get mistaken for being the chorus Mm. because it's not the chorus but everybody always knows the words to it oh
0: of course it's michael jackson
1: so like so like i like using pre-choruses and guitar solos as kind of tags in the songs that i write when the mood fits obviously um I also I also like doing like doing intros and fade out outros like fade out specifically are like a tag of mine. It's pretty old school. I don't see a lot of people doing it anymore. So I think it kind of draws attention to uh, to they- uh, to you know music that you hear nowadays because a lot of a lot of that stuff will just kind of like end like that. Yeah, and you know people do it cle- cleverly, but. I, li- I like, I like the, the, the sentiment of listening to a chorus like a million times and just having it like drown out. And if it's like, if there's something cool going on in it, like in our new song, uh, uh, I'll know it when I know it. Um, it was originally suppo- it was supposed to end with like a, fa- a fade out because during the second part of the chorus, there's a second guitar solo going on in it. Where Kevin's doing like a, like a, and I was just going to have it like fade out over that. But then, but then we decided to go with the sound sample because we really wanted to have something kind of inspire people that listen to it with everything that's going on. And that's kind of like the basis of the, of the song.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
1: But as far as the things relating to my songwriting style, bridges, guitar solos, uh, fade-out, outros, and pre-choruses. Those are like my
0: four main elements. Wow, nice, who Would you say you connect more in the band? In the band? Yeah, uh, you always have to have that right man. Uh, in my opinion, that's how I, I've always kind of seen that's that. That's kind of interesting yeah. aspect.
1: Of it. Yeah. I, I, I 100% agree with you, and I 100% get that. There's always
0: that person you looked first, because mm-hmm. you know that's going to be the that click. Yeah. So who would you say? Kevin,
1: without a doubt. Kevin? Yeah, they they vibe very very well yeah. with each other. Yeah, we we talk we talk a lot about uh interesting creative ideas and stuff like that. And if I wasn't playing drums, I'd be playing guitar. Right. Like i I, I would really love to be like <laughs> an '80s super shredder type of guitarist and just play like fucking ten minute guitar solos.
0: Yeah, like who who am I thinking that does that? Zach um, Wall. Dave Mustaine. Yeah, man. (laughs) Time back, Darrow. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking Kirk Hammond. Just all these. Yeah, just Jeff Hadman. Yeah. Yeah. 80s, huh? That's a good uh, aspect right there. I've, I've. I've had my share with '80s bands. I've got to say, yeah. I've seen Molly Crew three times. After the third time, I was like, I'm done. Like, it's the same thing over really? and over. Like Vince Neil cannot sing anymore. Oh. He's, he's fucking losing it, dude. Wow. Yeah, surprisingly, I've seen Poison too. It oh, was yeah. it was pretty pretty weird, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a, it was, that was <laughs> Uh I had my time when I I, I like digged the hair metal I was like, fuck, I need something more brutal and then thrash metal came in and I was like, mm. okay, this is actually metal right yeah, now. Like, yeah. like and the nineties came in. I was like, okay, I kinda like this now. Yeah. It's not just about the beers and getting fucked up. Like yeah, yeah. that was the whole thing. Um I mean what's song process uh songwriting like for you? For
2: me? Uh mine's a little random sometimes. Like uh uh there's times where I'll write the entire song. Uh, from beginning to end and I'll have a very like uh, straightforward um, presentation to the guys I'll be like all right I got intro verse chorus and then there's like a bridge kind of a thing um, so I, I like to be whenever I'm, I'm really like interested in one riff that I vibe off that I want to take care of specifically and have a very specific sound for I'll I'll write it from beginning to end and then but the thing with me is, so I'll I'll write it all, but when I present it to the guys, I'm always telling them like, look, I'm not married to every single part. I do want it to still sound like this, but if you think it doesn't work very well or we can tweak it, I always give that a, a, a opportunity for the band to change it up because maybe creatively they can do something that I didn't see for the song, and it can it can maybe change the, the, the sound and the direction for it. So I'm not li- like again, I'll I'll write it from beginning to end, but I'm not like married to the whole idea. right you're
0: not too attached to it. yeah
2: so i have that part of my writing aspect and then i have other parts where i like maybe i'll hit a wall with the riff so i'll just like shoot it to kevin and be like hey i got these two riffs you know i don't i i kind of felt like this one was the verse you know but if you think that sounds more like a chorus we could flip flop it and then he'll write the other half of the song right and i've done that with connor too or sometimes um connor will present a song to me and then uh uh in that writing process scenario like uh uh he'll he'll present it to me and sometimes i'll just kind of go with the flow with it and just assume my role as a bass player and just serve the song so sometimes i'm just thinking so what would connor or what would kevin want for this song and so I kinda try to like dive into their mindset. Oh, okay. So that's like the third process of how I like to write music and that's about it. You know, I just like
1: you have like little reminders yeah. on your wrist, the W W C D, yeah. what Connor so I what ha- did do, what Kevin I have like three like usually I usually I usually fall into three
2: different c- categories of songwriting I, I'm, I, I'm, I i i do not like to like that's funny. you know, um just think too much about myself and what i want for the song it's always i'm like always super aware of what it should be for the the band what what whoever started that song what they would want me to do for it so i'm always trying to like changing my outlook on the on the on that new particular piece of music but but i I usually categorize in those three kind of uh little brackets i guess if you want to say so that's usually how i write my stuff Okay.
0: In the last five years, what would you say was your personal favorite show?
2: Man, last five years.
0: (laughs) Oh. Oh, Man. a lot
1: of them dude before i joined the band these guys were uh gigging monsters like they would post every single week that they had a show that weekend
2: well the question is it uh uh, other band shows or our band no yours oh so talk talk about yeah yeah so this is is about you guys okay so the last five years i would probably have to say it was the lucky strike shows both of them both of them yeah because every single time we went to that so the lucky strike if anyone doesn't know is that hollywood yeah the hollywood bowling alley it it was pretty cool the the sound guys there are super nice the bartenders are pretty cool and when you're done playing your show you know there's bowling there so even if you're not vibing with some of the bands you could just play bowling and casually watch the bands and still kind of support them
0: can you set your show like Uh, you could set specifically the bands you want for that show
2: that uh i'm not too sure so i helped get us those uh two gigs because i had known um the one of the booking agents that worked with them and then eventually like a year or two later when we got the second gig she was an actual manager there so i would hit her up her name was annie I, i and i uh, I can't pronounce her last name, so I'm not going to butcher it. I can't pronounce her last name. Yeah, I think she's Armenian, maybe. So. So, but uh, she used to work with us early on when we started the, the band. Uh, but yeah, we didn't really have a choice of who we can get on there. I, we, we could suggest... People, cause I did we suggest you guys for the first Lucky Strike shows? Yes, yeah, Townsville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. Yeah. we got that show because of uh, because of you guys.
1: Yeah. So ah, I, there was that one. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Um, no, that first show was put together by Carly Berker. She was the one that asked us to go to that. No, I can't it's remember. Hazy. It's, it's hazy, hazy now. I can't remember that or or or,
2: uh, uh, or maybe we were both asked. By some coincidence, Very possible. but I remember uh, we were uh, either we hit them up and then they uh, advised if we knew any other bands right. or whatever. But but yeah, so uh, I got the hook up there twice through that Annie person. Even though the first time she wasn't the manager there, she knew that other person that was actually running the show. But okay. you could suggest bands, but I, I never tried to be like, "Hey, can we?" I bring five bands on this night. Because there have been times where I was booking a bunch of shows, like he was saying for the band, and I was in charge of that, where I had a a spot in uh, Santa Clarita at this uh, bar called the Beer Academy. I personally knew the owners there, so they would let me do that. I I would hit up local bands and be like, hey, I don't know if if you're in the area, but uh, we're from out here in the valley. I have this show that we can play. We'll provide backline, so you literally can just bring your uh, um, instruments, and we already have a PA. Oh, so it was perfect. yeah it was super easy to book bands like that you know and also it, it you know it, it, again it would make it maybe easier for them to want to promote it more since it would be easier for them just to show up and play everyone can have fun you no know, no pressure if we since we were i was headlining or not headlining but i was controlling the the show i'd be able to like rotate different bands and be fair right you know sometimes we would open to make it fair for the other bands or vice versa like you know if, if i were to invite another band or a reoccurring band maybe they would open one week but then the following week there'd be the middle slot so I'd try to do that sort of thing too
0: which slot do you personally like i i like middle slot like second and third yeah
2: yeah because I, I agree i mean i don't know if, if uh if you've uh, i don't know how often your bands have played uh in the area but i always feel like when you have the middle slot like all the other bands like uh, fans are there waiting for them or maybe they had just played so they're sticking around for an extra 30 minutes or so so you get like a bigger crowd sometimes it feels like when you're in the middle slot but
0: I personally do not like headlining if you're not like a huge artist
2: yeah um it sucks yeah it could be a double edge um,
0: especially dude and when we're going back to that one night in drifters fucking stole the show and I was like <laughs> looked at Garrett I was like fuck dude like how do we how do we play this no one knows us but it actually turned out to be good because it was a sold-out crowd and you guys were wonderful that night thank you so you much desert. for this <laughs> <laughs> like like
1: i uh, i had st- i had stuck around because i've kind of made i've tried making it a thing where i would um i'm not good at arriving early i'm definitely not good at arriving early but i will stay if there's like two or three more bands that come after my band and i'll watch at least the, those couple and you guys were
0: right after us, and I was like,
1: "Holy shit, these guys fucking slay!"
0: <laughs> that was a really, really great show, and that was the beginning of two thousand eighteen. Yeah, that was it. That Garrett, was like the first show.
1: And I, I think, I think I remember Garrett's setup too. He was playing a, he was playing a Les Paul, right? Yeah. Through a Jet
0: City amplification, he was. And yeah. I was like, God, that guitar tone is so fucking beautiful. <laughs> Dude, I remember just all of you guys were head. I remember just looking at you sitting down. And you just kept smiling. I was like, "All right, they dig the they dig the museum. Yeah. um, but I agree. I do not like headlining for that reason because it's mostly, especially whoever's promoting, and then it's like, "All right, we're done." It's like we're I I like to consider as like the fucking cleanup band. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like I don't like that shit. Yeah. I do like opening sometimes and I don't mind and, and the reason why I say that is because you're kind of making a first impression Yeah. and if you do so excellent that's when you get like recognition There's like alright now we have to get these guys
2: yeah you set the bar for the yeah, whole show yeah. Yeah. sometimes the opener is better than that yeah, like, dude. like we
0: played at uh at all like a parking lot all metal festival and mm-hmm. we were the openers and then everyone just like really dug us it, and, and it's like damn dude it was like why were these guys first yeah and so it's, sometimes it's but i do like like the middle slot the middle yeah. slot's always it's the a, best it's it's a safe slot right the yeah. safe yeah. slot yeah even second's not it's uh, not so that bad, bad cuz yeah. the first one sucks like all right, maybe we could do something better bro all right what about you man
1: um well i actually have a story here to go along with that but Right, riding the high of uh, of being with of being with Townsville, I really like actually the opening slot because I can have I don't really have to worry about like setting up my stuff after a band, which being a drummer setup sucks mm-hmm. every all the time. I
0: fucking hate setting up. You're talking to the guy who literally fucking <laughs> says the <his> sign. <laughs> same thing every single time I'm like I fucking hate being a drummer for this reason dude <laughs> it's literally, literally laughing everyone's just laughing it's like it's not funny yeah. dude it sucks yeah it the first, really
1: it's does a, it's, it's the fucking first thing I say after we finish playing I'm like <laughs> why am I a fucking drummer I hate this <laughs> it's like but, yeah but I, I I like being being the opener because you know stroke my stroke my cat here um, oh I, your cat my, my cat here <laughs> I like blowing away the crowd when they don't think anything of me because I'm the opener. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'll show you who's a fucking opener. Yeah. And just tear, tear the fucking place
0: apart. See, I like that. You got to have that mentality. You got to show everyone that you're headliner material yeah. even if you're an opener. Like yeah. it's a fucking blow their
1: minds everyone. <laughs> as, far, as far as my story, you know, good example of like the opener being way better than the headliner. This was earlier this year, I think. In fact, I went to see. Um, it was uh, It was like a record label show, Sumerian Records. Yeah. If you're familiar with. I already you. know where you're going. You already with know this where I'm going day. with this because I've talked about yeah. it before. Yeah, you? I was <laughs> just like, oh. So I went to. I went to. I went to see uh, these three. These three bands played. It was. Uh, it was. Uh, Chon, Chon. However Chon was, from San Diego. Chon, um, between the buried of me and intervals, and of those three bands, I. I had, heard of Chan? Uh, never saw him. Heard a lot of good things about them. Between the Buried and Me is one of my favorite bands of all time. Nice. And Intervals, I had never even heard of. But Sean
2: was telling me a little bit about yeah. Intervals. He was like, "Yeah,
1: they're pretty all right. They're cool."
2: Actually, uh, uh, I said that about Chan. Intervals, I actually like. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought it was uh, it was Intervals. I I pretty because sh- I, I really like their sound a lot more than Chom. But I don't want to like take away from your story. Anymore. No, it's fine. it's fine because yeah, the at the yeah. core. Of it, I, it I have my opinions <laughs> about Chom. But, so. but, but at the at the core of it, like Intervals
1: was the first one that came on. and I was like, I've never heard of these guys. Don't know what they sound like. I didn't even do my homework and listen to what they've done before. And every single song they did, they fucking blew me away. Yeah, they're really good. They're so good. Just an instrumental like jazz fusion prog band, you know, all of that, all of that kind of stuff, no singing whatsoever. And I was like, holy shit, these guys are tight as fuck. They sound fucking killer and they blew me away. And it was crazy because I started like blowing up all of their social media stuff and like trying to find where I can get a thing or whatever. Right. And um, between the Barry and me came on next, and they always do fucking great. But I was talking to somebody there, and they were like, um, they probably just flew in because I think they're originally based out of Virginia or something like that. Okay. And so they didn't have a sound check and the drummer for that band has like has like a, a 12 piece drum kit that has like a very elaborate electronics and cymbal setup mm. and uh the guitarists themselves have a very elaborate setup with keyboards and everything and the sound was not spectacular and i was like somebody's got to fire that sound guy at the front like fuck that guy <laughs> but i i still really enjoyed them and i was like okay now i get to see what this uh, this chan band was all <laughs> about and they were the headliner mm-hmm. i had noticed before they got it on that like half the stadium uh, half the area uh, half the venue had already left oh. i was like
2: this is interesting and that surprised me when he told me that cuz they they they're, they're, they're kind of a big band right yeah
1: right. they've been around for a little bit and people say really good things about them they get on and it's just like Intervals, super heavy, fast and shit. Between the buried and me, fucking metal, deathcore, progressive, kind of shit. Yeah, these guys are like chill rock, math rock, kind kind of deal and everything. And I was like, dude, like I had a I had a fucking ten foot boner and you guys just sliced it in thirds.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what I mean. It's um, a crazy analogy right there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when he mentioned that i was like it doesn't surprise me because they're like they're kind of mellow sounding and uh when i first listened to their ep i really enjoyed that ep uh eventually when their bass player original bass player left their sound kind of changed but they kind of sounded like they stuck to their guns with that one specific sound but they didn't i mean they're very um Their Guitar players are phenomenal musicians. Like, I I would probably never. I won't, I won't, I won't take that away. They're great musicians, great musicians, but I I just gotta check them out. Yeah, I just don't vibe too much off that sound for a very long period of time, right? You know, like I can listen to it in very small, like, like little spurts and whatnot. But that's why when he told me, I was like, Well, that doesn't surprise me that much. Like, like he said, you have this, like jazz, fusion, prog, rock, instrumental band, and then like a brutal metal core kind of like band in the middle, like that's, that's tough. You know, so that, that, I, that, I thought that, that story was great when he told me, I was like, man.
1: It was, uh, I, still, I still say this, it's the first show that I went to that I actually really wanted to leave early, and we did leave early. We, le- we left before, um, we, we left when they got into the, fir- the first Encore and I never leave shows early, never, never ever. I was almost late to my flight back to school in Vermont because uh, I didn't want to leave the Satriani show. Oh, okay. Um, And uh, I I was looking at my friend, we were just like snoozing and I was like, you ready to leave? She's like, are we trying to leave? I'm like, are you enjoying this? She's like, no, not really. So, uh, So I was like, Let's see, let's see if they pull out any big guns for the encore and everything. The same old shit. And I was like, let's get out of
0: here. Really? I'm done. <laughs> I'm, done. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> Dude, Guns N' Roses, three hours and a half. So fucking long when I saw him at the forum. Yeah. It was like almost wow. like at the point when it was like two hours and a half, a lot were leaving because they were just playing their new shit. Oh, and I was okay. like, Axel, what are you doing? You're you're like it's like you're asking for everyone just to leave. But I get, like, it's kind of like the related story where you're saying, because for me, I never leave shows. I don't know what it is, but it's like I have to, like, force myself. It's yeah. kind of like doing a chore. Yeah. But even if it's so bad, and I just remember, like, because you never know in the end of the surprise it could be good or bad and I just remember at the end they just ended with Paradise City and then then that's when everybody just like arises Yeah, like, yeah. I, was like, I was like finally you did it you fucking played one of your classics again yeah
1: they played Smells Like Teen Spirit yeah yeah and then you
0: can be f- satisfied when you leave the night because yeah, yeah. you never know but uh, I have I do feel bad for like bands when they're half of the audience just leaves and it's like ah.
2: yeah it could
0: be a burn sometimes especially if they are really would you gritty? say it's partially the artist's fault though for- uh,
2: it, i think it sometimes depends on the lineup like that lineup that's a tough lineup to compete with if you're like a math chill rock band at the as the headliner like and i know i've heard of uh, situations with those label type of tours where if the beginning or middle band is doing really well in the beginning of the tour they start bumping up towards the headlining position because the actual headliners weren't doing as good like i think there's that famous story you we were talking about metallica off the air um uh during the master of puppets tour when they were with ozzy they kept on blowing ozzy out of the water because of how amazing they were You know and and they would ask him for encores after encore and ozzy wouldn't even go on yet like you know so it happens like but i think it's the lineup you know if you put more chill out rock music before the headliner that's like particularly just instrumental music as well like it might have worked out better you know but you have this high energy shit.
0: the fans will even question why was the opener the opener instead yeah. of not the headliner yeah i've exactly. been there many times where i look at everyone like dude what the fuck? they just blew our mind why why are they not like headlining right now yeah. and then the headliner is just
2: like eh yeah or yeah. maybe maybe because of the record labels know that's not the best spot that's why they put John <laughs> there, and that's why they had uh, uh between the very me in the middle because maybe it is the better spot right so, so i don't know because now that we're talking about it kind of like oh the light that bulb just true. sparked maybe maybe that's why they put John at there, like just to chill everyone out because hey hey maybe they were the cool down band yeah like they were talking
0: about yeah, yeah. It's, it's always that kind of thing yeah. like you always need that cool down band yeah right so. at, you can't have intense after intense because then, there's only, there's so much serotonin that you only have, and then eventually yeah. it gets fried down and you're like, "Fuck, do you know? I need a beer to chill." <laughs> we never got to hear from you, Zach. What was your and in that whole pro, that whole year of being the band? What was your favorite show?
1: The Lucky Strike show that we did. Yeah, they did they did a Lucky Strike the first time when I was in uh shit when I was in Townsville. They had a, their second drummer, Arnold, and. Um, the uh, the last time they did Lucky Strike was with me, mm-hmm. and uh, we actually have that on our YouTube our YouTube uh, our YouTube channel. I really wanted to take the opportunity for for that show being that they have such a really like great production setup there. I wanted to get like some good footage of us playing and everything, so I took my camera that I bought for uh for my for my baby. I took my iPad and we paid the guy some money so that we can get the, re- the audio off of it. And I took everything home with me and I spliced it all up. And I was like, okay, here's this. And I still, I still push it all the time because I think it really showcases us at our best, even though I was riding like a big Red Bull high and we played the songs like maybe twice as fast.
2: Yeah, that was. A, I mean, that show in general
0: was because really you were cool. amped up. Yeah. Dude, I was that, usually it's the drummer who goes fast, and, yeah. and the whole and the whole band looks, Right, we're doing this. I,
2: I know. Remember, I was like, I was having a long day because I think it was a Friday, right? And uh, we had gotten off work, my, uh, Connor and I, because we work in the same spot. And I remember uh, right before we were about to get on stage, like I was like, I need to wake up and I slap myself super hard. <laughs> like, I was like, all right, wake the fuck up, Shaw. Like, bam, and damn. The other band walked in and looked at me. I was just like, I don't give a shit. Like, I'm about to go tear it up right now. <laughs> anyway right, right. so, so like you were saying, you gotta like do that, get in the mindset to perform and do the best you can. Because I think weren't we the opening band that night? I think we were. I think yeah. we, were. And, we were, and I mean, I don't know. Like we brought it. We, we set the bar pretty high that night. You yeah, know? we fucking
1: brought it. All yeah, because
2: I noticed the the uh, crowd wasn't like interacting with the other bands as much as they were with us. Surprisingly,
1: <laughs> I was bowling with friends, and you guys were doing uh, specs and analysis well, of the other bands. Well.
0: <laughs> Would you say in the band is the most likely one to engage conversation and meet
2: connections? Is That's an
1: that that interesting that
2: question. I know. I just thought of it. A I don't know. I think maybe now that you're in the band, it would be us too. The it's running a, joke a, it's is a, it's always
1: toss up between uh, us. Yeah,
2: the running joke before he joined is uh, I'm the social butterfly in the in the group. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I've caught a
0: butterfly like the butterfly from Alice in the Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> that kind just of butterfly. i
2: tripping, tripping out. Like. I said go uh, that <laughs> way. Don't, don't be asking about his garage session. <laughs> 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 but yeah, and. Uh, and so yeah, I think it's us too now, because uh, I know he likes to interact with a lot of other bands. And it's I'm, fun, huh? I'm, I'm in the same mindset too. Kind of have to. Yeah, you really do.
1: It's a, it's a, it's a necessity. It's something that you can't uh, you can't avoid. And like, I think something like that is very is very troublesome for like our current our current age with everything that's going on. A lot of people are rely, are relying on the live stream shows and everything like that, and you miss out on that networking and creating, like, a big family with other bands. Like, you know, I have a vast amount of experience with other bands now between Townsville, the Almsman and the In the Valley stuff that I I was doing and am still doing. Still doing it? Yeah, I'm still doing it. Dude, congrats on that. So I... You know he wanted he wanted to do this whole uh, interview with all the other bands on our on our Instagram channel mm-hmm. and everything yeah just for so so I'm just thinking like oh I know so many other bands would be like let's get these guys on let's get these guys on let's th- get these guys on gotcha and now I'm kill I'm killing and I'm killing Twitter for uh, for uh, for us we just hit 666 followers by the oh, way Oh yeah right on <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> go made yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> and um you know i'm talking to so many wonderful great artists on uh, twitter as well so it's like you have to network if you if you're not that that and you got to love it you yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah i can i can tell
0: you person like you love it i, lo- I love i love you seem like a very like engaging person like you're extrovert uh I don't know the difference But I like but I like Amber, uh, I would say. Yeah, you're like in the middle of both. I'm kinda like the same thing too. sometimes it's like, eh, fuck off. I just wanna like I go in like straight like a like a soldier going into the show. I just do not talk to everybody Because I'm in that game mode yeah, yeah, yeah. playing yeah. show. Yeah. So you talk, you get too a little too distracted. Mm-hmm. I've had my problems and my issues with getting too distracted and it's like not nah. but then after yeah. but even after sometimes it's like, alright, I wanna leave now,
2: like, yeah. like I'm
0: too stressed out. It <laughs> it just like depends. you said Tearing down the drums, everyone's talking, he's like, dude, fuck off, I'm yeah. like, I need to get this shit out in my car. I
1: have, a, uh, I have a ritual, specifically when we play at uh, drifter shows, sometimes with other places, but more so with drifters. Every time I finish uh, drifters, I'm usually at the like very bottom of the day. Like, I don't eat the whole day, I don't drink the whole day, I don't do anything because I don't want to get slowed down. If I do anything, I'll drink a Red Bull right before a show. <laughs> So I'm juiced and ready to go. Then after, after the show, if I'm particularly fucking exhausted, I'll go to Denny's. Really? And I'll usually take a good group of friends with me, and they'll be like, hey, you, you did a really good job in the show. really like you, you guys. Yeah, it was really fucking cool and everything. I'm like, thanks, as I'm s- <laughs> scarfing, scarfing, like, seven food. pancakes in my fucking mouth.
0: Jesus, out. <laughs> I love how you guys are just like humble. Like guys, you guys, yeah, you, 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 guys you guys are the well kind of musicians. Like I would definitely recommend to others if you guys, if they were looking for a slot or anybody. And when this whole thing dies, I'm just like oh, yeah. get the almsman. I, oh, I thank you. because it's hard uh, sometimes trying to get connections. Not everyone's gonna like you for. Yeah. I don't fucking know why, but you've, maybe, you've, you've, it has to always do sometimes. My music doesn't match with yours, yeah. so I'm and just And my gonna, music does not match? Yeah, my doesn't <laughs> match, and I'm going to close the barrier. I'm like, well, that's your fucking problem, because yeah. why does it have to be just indie with indie? Why can't it just no. be all types of music? Yeah. I say this with everybody. It doesn't have to be all punk show. It doesn't have to be all metal. Like, personally, I like it when we all collaborate. Yeah. And that's why festivals like Coachella still doing good, because they know how to market and do the business right. That's you get true. all type of artists... Uh, Warp Tour was actually doing it right towards the end because they realized, okay, we should get different kinds of variety, not mm-hmm. just this specific type of music and only attract uh, 16-year-olds. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's only going to get so far when the 16-year-olds eventually and 10 years later, they're going to be 26-year-olds. And listening and, to jazz. <laughs> and listening to jazz. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? No, seriously. Do yourself. I, I
1: want to go to Warp Tour this year? Yeah. I'm so sad it
0: ended, dude. I got to be a part of it for the last run last oh, yeah? last summer. It was oh, cool. Okay, That's cool. I would say. Sum forty one was probably the best. They
2: fucking really <laughs> no just shit. just killed it.
0: No FX was the headliner second oh, night. Oh yeah, uh, offspring was actually the f- headline for the first time. So it was, really, it was uh, less Jake, Brad religion, and then offspring, mm-hmm. and then actually no, I take that back. Well, it was less Jake, then simple plan, then Brad religion, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Friggin' Offspring. And then second it was pretty more packed because it was some 41 and uh,
2: No Effects that yeah, killed yeah, yeah. it. No Effects
0: is surprisingly really good.
2: Yeah, at least nowadays yeah. they are because I, I, I wasn't really a No Effects fan when I was uh, younger until I met Connor five years ago. He's like, check out this stuff. Like, you know, don't listen to what other people say. I'm like, all right, yeah. Like, I, I always have an open mind when it comes to revisiting old music. And I was like, yeah, I can see why people like this stuff, man. Like, and uh, I know their last album... I forget what it was called um it had a very kind of like
1: I'll go, I'll go look it up continue your story
2: yeah but i was listening to the last album i was like man this there, there's some good shit in here you good stuff. and you know and and when i was i think i saw that documentary of them about them going around the world or something like that and how much uh, or how packed the venues would get i'm like dude the, these guys like you can say whatever you want about them but they obviously are putting good shows to, to be able to uh Fill up uh, venues like this. First ditch effort. That album is really good. I'll check if, it if, out. Yeah, check it out. It has. It kind of ends on a on a on a sad note because you know Fat Mike is super political and all that stuff. And you know he he kind of gave this like the world's gonna end kind of <laughs> kind of a vibe at the very end. But, but overall, um but uh, yeah, like they, they're cool guys, man. They, they
0: showed up an hour late
2: really yeah. that sounds that yeah. sounds like fat mike yeah. waking up they were the drunk on the plane yeah i bet he was
0: drinking wine all day really i was like you fucking but did they at least put, they play play so that hour of waiting all the bands who played just did cover sets really and they kind of did like this super group of everybody <laughs> yeah. like they mixed it up with all the bands right the singer pretty ones, like fuck i don't know this shit but let's let's do no shit. Uh, Goldf- uh goldfinger was there oh, Okay. yeah, yeah. john fellman was like trying to do stuff and he He's like, fuck this, dude. I was like, can you just bring in Nopex already? He's like, yeah. can't continue doing this shit. Wow. And then they... Fucking cops escort them, I remember seeing like all the lights and then they came in, Fat Mike's Yeah, you guys ready? And it was cool and wow. they en- they ended warp tour like that. I was like, wow. Wow. Round
2: of applause, dude. dude they, so they still pull wacky shit like that yeah, then, huh? They're wow. great. They're that's,
0: great. That that's what I call punk rock. That's crazy. To the point. Yeah, straight punk up. Punk rock
1: 101.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, drinking wine all day on a plane. Punk yeah. rock. <laughs> He's getting all these, so he can't be drinking hard liquor anymore. Yeah. Just, not when like, you're pushing like, I don't know how old the he's in his fifties. Okay, yeah, well, so. not when you're pushing like
1: fifty. Yeah.
0: yeah, but I think we covered a lot. A lot, you know. Before I end this last segment, um, who do you think is going to win for the best? Uh, movie picture next
1: year. One hundred percent going to be Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> it's, it's what was your favorite movie of the year? Uh, of this year. Of this year, man. Uh, just no, this there's year, a wide like, selection.
2: Why, dude? I don't even know if I've really watched any new movies this year. I'm terrible at movies. Actually, you're asking the wrong <laughs> guy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's kind of hard to say because we haven't been able to see movies and theater.
2: Yeah, I was about to rent Bill and Ted's. The new one? Mm -hmm. The new one, but then I saw it was almost like 30 bucks just to rent. Dude, I
0: I was going to do the same thing with Scoob, and then they fucking charged 20 bucks. I was like, why are you charging me 20 bucks to go see Scooby, dude? On my own TV. Yeah, on my own TV. This is bullshit. Like, what the fuck? I was like, nope, I'll just wait. You know, months down the line, and then maybe it will drop down to twenty to eight bucks, Man, we'll we'll drop or down, maybe even we'll drop four. Down to 15. Probably I, even four if you rent it on YouTube. That's I, that's I, usually I, how it tends to be. I heard I heard people say that Scoob was good, but um, dude, people, yeah, I'm yeah. a big fan of Scooby Doo. Are you <laughs> a huge fan of Scooby Doo? I watch Scooby Doo like every fucking. I'm probably gonna dress like that next
1: year. I don't really care for Scooby Doo that much, <laughs> but um, Zombie Island was good.
0: Yeah, do you like Teen Titans? I love Teen Titans, dude. I just watched the Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans on Hulu. It was actually pretty funny. You gotta watch That's it. A, yeah, I seen. It's the, pretty dorky,
1: bro. I seen the preview for it. I wanted, I wanted to check it out. I'll probably go hunt it down when I'm not working forever.
0: <laughs> right. Last year for me, before I end this, Joker was the all-time favorite movie. Yeah, I, that and one when I he won it. this year for best actor, was like ugh, finally they did it. He did it. So I would say for this year. Yeah, I'm going to go with Sonic. <laughs> I'm go with Sonic. Fuck it. Sonic. Because
2: I haven't watched anything, I'll just go by default with you guys too and say Sonic as well. Yeah. All right, shout out. Fuck shout me. out to Sonic. Shout out to Jim Carrey. You're the male. Um, shout,
1: out, shout out to them because they're already working on the sequel.
2: Hell yeah.
0: And shout out to the new Batman movie. I can't wait for that one.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm interested to watch that Fuck one. yeah. Oh, vengeance. Oh, also, if you don't like cartoons and you're looking for something more more uber serious, go
0: watch Ozark. Because it's,
1: it's a great fucking show. And yeah, hey, what about boys from Amazon? Really?
0: I Heard the boys is I really watched good the first too. season First is it season good? was interesting Yeah I, I liked it Do you guys also like the show The Karate Kid
2: uh, Or well, Cobra I, Kai, Kai. I, I, I My little brother Was trying to get me into it I watched like one or two episodes And it, it was It had kind of that 80s cheesy You, you know, didn't like uh, it I, 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 I didn't dislike You're it You're fired you. dude <laughs> I, I didn't I didn't really Did watch it podcast? So So yeah So I'm not gonna say I didn't <laughs> like it Because I didn't even give it a
0: shot so. That's funny yeah. Fuck Would you guys have fun this is. A, this is a good time. I'm
2: always down for little get-togethers <laughs> like this, especially hey, right now. Hey, if
0: you guys ever need a guest for your q and I'm always down. Just yeah, hit me up. Lem, let me know, man. You got thank, it. Thank you so much. That's Almsman. 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 Not the Almond Brothers. Yeah. Not the Almond Brothers. With man. an A. <laughs> and we'll stick around for the next a Peace, everyone. Later.